Yeah, I think the banks are under threat, right? In general, we, we fintech space provides a lot of uh, threat. I think if you ask the banks, then, you know, uh, they probably, they don't take it as serious as they should. Um, and I think that's, that's quite natural if you're an incumbent and you've had basically a monopoly for hundreds of years. Um, but I think we've seen a lot of, uh, of new products and, and offerings that's coming out that are challenging the traditional way uh, of thinking of banks. Um, I think it, within the funding and financing for property market, we definitely see a change and you actually have, um, you can say even older institutions, so the pension funds in Denmark, uh, they own a, a large amount of the real estate uh, uh, market in Denmark. And they have over the last five, 10 years, actually uh, to some extent made the bank less relevant. They do forward funding. So they actually go directly to the developer funding the product, uh, the projects, and then buying it at the end. And traditionally, the banks would do the middle funding, similar to what we're doing, the short-term funding. Uh, so you have uh, pension funds that are they're saying, but why should we have the bank as uh, an expensive middleman? We can, we might as well do uh, the the projects ourselves. We have enough uh, capital to do it, and we will be the ultimately uh, owner anyway. So, so even within these like two. Uh, giant industries, you, you've seen a shift uh, and then you have all these other new alternative sources coming in. Uh, so I think, um, uh, and probably a lot of bank bankers will tell me that I'm wrong, but I think that they, they should uh, they should look at this um, uh, with a little bit more uh, caution and um, probably also uh, uh, to see, uh, get some inspiration about what's going on. So uh, thank you, Jasper, for coming here. Tell us a little bit about who are you and what do you do? Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Uh, my name is Jesper. I'm the managing director of Cameo Denmark. Um, Cameo Denmark is one of the largest crowdlending platforms in Scandinavia. And we're basically on a mission to democratize investment and opportunities for raising capital. And uh, what do you do? So I run the Danish office uh, of the Scandinavian company, um, doing the day-to-day -day operations, uh, setting the strategy, executing it, building on the team and making sure that we can provide our investors with a, a good opportunity and uh, companies with uh, adequate uh, access to capital. Great. So tell us a little bit more about what does Cameo do? What kind of problems does it solve for customers? Yeah. So Cameo is basically a platform uh, it's a two-sided platform where we have on one side investors and the other one uh, companies looking for capital. Uh, basically what we're trying to solve today is this funding gap that exists in the market, whereas uh, if you are a company that is well consolidated, you also have access to capital in the traditional financial market. Uh, but many companies, especially small and medium-sized enterprises, they don't really have the capital needed, so they need to find an alternative solution. Uh, the platform we have uh, provides uh, that solution in the sense that uh, if you're a company looking for, for capital primarily within real estate uh, and property market is where we operate, uh, you are heavily capitalized on, um, you, you have hev heavy um, requirements from banks in order to get the loan. Uh, so we can provide that uh, basically saying that if you need a short term funding until you can fit in with the box bank of traditional market, you can get that from the investors on the platform. Jesper, tell us a little bit more about who are your customers? Yeah, so the customers we have is quite diverse. Today we have about 30, 35,000 investors across Scandinavia. Uh, they, they're basically from students, 
uh, elderly people, whatever, investing from 50 euros, 100 euros and upwards to semi-professional, professional investors doing, you know, a million or two million in a loan. Uh, but we also have kind of a group uh, that, that sees investment product that we're providing as a way of kind of engaging not only with us, but also the projects in itself. So, so we have investors uh, that have invested 50 euros in a student housing project and then they drive by and they call us up and they say this is fantastic I've, I've seen the windows coming in or that the grass looks perfect and we can't wait for students to move in and things like that and 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 that kind of impact that the investment provides people in a you can say in a market that was also reserved for the few you needed to have quite a lot of capital to invest in real estate projects uh, typically would be a hundred thousand euros now you can do it from 50 euros or 200 euros or whatever that 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 purpose and that uh, impact that brings uh, that people get from investing here i think that that's really interesting and, and that's kind of to the core of of what we're trying to do democratizing this opportunity and and kind of uh, leveling the playing field right making sure that you and i can get the same opportunities of creating wealth as someone else can so, so i think that's quite funny when i now and then i get a phone call from other enthusiastic investors that has done 100 euros or 500 euros or something and they and they call us up and say great job we're really i'm really happy with my uh, monthly uh, uh, interest rate i'm getting into my cameo account so that's cool right so what is the main difference between investing in real estate projects compared to investing in uh, private equity in venture capital it's a good question i, I mean i think um, kind of on a broad term there's entry barriers that's a big difference if we look at our platform today and and similar platforms across europe the entry barriers has been dramatically reduced this is part of why we we call it democratizing uh, investing and financing um, uh, you can start from 50 euros 100 euros 200 euros depending on the platform Whereas if you're in the VC or the private equity, typically it's reserved for the few. So you need to have, uh, you know, you need to be a family office or a hedge fund, or you need to have certain um, uh, capital in order to be invited into this exclusive uh, forum. Uh, and you don't need to do that. Um, at the same time, if you're talking about um, investing in classic property, that's also heavy capital requirement. Buying a house as a private person or buying uh, properties if you are a small company looking to rent it out for tenants. Uh, so it, it requires a lot of capital to get started. Um, and what we're trying to do is provide people the opportunity to enter the market, be part of uh, the wealth creation, and then uh, build uh, their fortune, their wealth from there. Yeah. So if a customer were to tell you who are you, who is Camille, um, what would they tell you? Our, our customers will do. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> Hopefully they will tell us that we are a, a transparent company offering the opportunity to fit uh, your risk reward uh, as an investor. So if you are looking for reduced risk in the property market, we have projects that fit that need. If you're looking for higher return and thus typically higher risk, Mm -hmm. You can also find that on our platform, uh, but all of it you will find in a very transparent, open and honest way. And I think this is uh, what we are trying to bring into challenging the existing markets is a more open um, approach to investing, to financing. So it's not a black box, you invest in a fund, you never know what's inside the fund. Uh, and thus you don't know uh, whether it's, uh, it's, you can say, performing according to what you should in the market. Right. So let's get back on 
the different customers that uh, you currently have. Can you explain a little bit more about the differences between equity-based crowdfunding and loan-based crowdfunding? Yeah, so uh, crowdfunding as a topic uh, is obviously something that's been around for a long time. It's not something that we invented or platform existing today. The, the concept of uh, amount of people going together, funding something in some sort of uh, financial structure has been known for many, many years. Um, there exist also two other types of crowdfunding. Probably that's what people most know, which is donations. If you like a, a project, you donate something without getting something in return. Uh, there's reward crowdfunding, which is basically you as a company need capital and in return of that capital you offer um, a product, a prototype or access to some unique form for the company. Uh, and then we have loan-based, which is what we do uh, at Cameo, which is uh, very similar to having a bank loan. That basically means that there's a duration on the loan, there's typically a fixed interest rate, uh, there's uh, interest payment, uh, there's repayment of the principal either annualized or in full at the, the end of the loan. So that, that's, that's a very classic uh, uh, financing financial product. Uh, the equity-based is basically um, you're selling a small stake in your company and you're getting capital in return of that. Um, and this is probably what you can compare most to VC private equity. Uh, but instead of it being again an exclusive forum, you can use uh, crowd equity as a way of um, getting a lot more investors, thus also many more ambassadors, and you can get investors uh, coming into your uh, owning a small stake of your company for a very limited uh, amount of, uh, of capital. So this is this is quite a, uh, an interesting new uh, product. Um, it is not very widespread in Denmark and the Nordics in general. It's a little bit due to the legal. Uh, regulations, but we do have a new EU license coming up <laughs> with all that entails. But it actually means that that the, the, the prospect of promoting this as a way of uh, startups or scale-ups or small, medium-sized companies can raise capital by selling a small share, um, that's an opportunity that's coming uh, a lot more in the next couple of years. Right, so how would you compare yourself to a bank? Are you a bank or what's the biggest difference? Uh, no, we're not a bank, <laughs> uh, but we like to challenge the bank. Uh, so uh, uh, when we operate, uh, you, you can say a crowd lending business, we operate two sides. And that means we have a responsibility to provide a fair and transparent contract uh, between the two parties. Um, on one side, we need to nurture the investors and provide investment opportunities for them that's uh, priced uh, fairly uh, and transparent. And at the same time, we need to be able to comp be competitive uh, in offering the financing to, to the companies. Uh, so the main difference for us, if we compare ourselves to banks, is that we're not, uh, we're, not, um, uh, we're not under the same regulations as a bank is. So if a bank lends out money, it has to put a certain amount of money on the side to cover potential losses. Uh, we don't do that because we simply facilitate the flow of capital. Uh, and that means we're also able to be a little bit more flexible in how we want to provide the capital and the risk we can take. So um, if we are providing capital for a company uh, and we have investors that are, that are willing to take that risk reward ratio, then we are able to provide a loan or a, a capital structure that is different from a bank. And that may fit that company much more than you can say the traditional thinking. And it may fit those investors looking to take higher risk than they would on a high yield bond or, or similar. Uh, and that flexibility 
is why we can we're able to challenge banks in the current market. Um, Great, thank you. So let's talk about launching a product that is uh, definitely new to a lot of people. How did you go about that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so we launched uh, in Sweden in 2016, but we launched in Denmark in 2019. So I joined Camille in 2019 uh, and we had a you know, typical uh, year uh, and then we had COVID for a couple of years and now we have uh, another market uncertainty. So it's definitely been some interesting times. Um, so if we, you know, let's say we take that aside, these uh, hopefully are very unique times and then um, focus on kind of what was the challenges for us uh, and, and and that was basically uh, you know the first one was awareness as you say we're bringing in a product that uh, the concept may have existed but it has not been uh, widespread to the broader population and we are trying to get the broader population into uh, our platform into our concept into our understanding um, so that was definitely a, a big challenge uh, creating awareness around that um, then it was also, uh, you can say, when you have a two-sided platform, so we have companies looking for capital, investors looking for opportunities, balancing those two in the right mix was quite challenging. Um, if we had too many projects on the platform, they didn't get funded. Uh, investors then had an idea of why are they not getting funded, is there something wrong with the projects? Instead, it was the critical mass of investors at different times throughout the, the growth journey. Uh, just didn't match. Um, so we figured out that having a little bit overflow of investors is actually better because then the projects get funded and that's the most important thing. And then um, unfortunately not all investors get in on every project they want. It's a first come first serve basis. So when we launch uh, a project uh, that needs funding, then you have to be, uh, be quick. Uh, and then I think uh, uh, finally it was, uh, it was like proving to people that the concept and the business model actually works that we can you know, not only lend out money or facilitate the lending of money, but we can also get the money back. So projects get finished, companies repay their loans, uh, and that takes time. So it's, 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 um, it's a growth journey where I think almost every year we're doubling the loan volumes, we're doubling the profit we are, or the revenue we're doing, uh, and that simply takes time, but uh, yeah. And how about, how did you go about with the first challenges that you mentioned, so creating awareness and also how did the COVID situation impact this situation? So we, we joined uh, Copenhagen Fintech Lab actually uh, as the first uh, base. Uh, we since moved out needing a little bit more space but, but they were quite helpful in also uh, helping us build a little bit on the awareness. Um, then uh, we figured out there was quite a lot of communities around uh, different social media platforms. Uh, we had some people that actually are very enthusiastic crowd lenders. So there's an entire network and community around that. Um, uh, eventually we saw people creating a Camille community, uh, okay. uh, which uh, obviously we don't have access to, but, uh, but, uh, but that was quite uh, motivating for us to see that people were talking so enthusiastic about, um, about our product and what we're doing, uh, both I guess good and bad things of what we're doing. Uh, but but we did uh, a lot of different things, a lot of trial and error. Uh, so we spent uh, a lot of time, effort, uh, trying to get out and um, finding a, a situation like this. We can tell our story and, and get invited into so uh, the classic uh, grind journey of getting awareness. I think. <laughs> yeah. True. So uh, 
What is your biggest competitor? Um, today, uh, I think we still see the, the biggest competitor being the traditional market, right? And, and then and next to that, we see a, a huge influx of capital uh, in the market. And that comes from various sources. It comes from uh, different funds. It comes from, uh, in Denmark, a lot of pension funds. Um, but we've also seen kind of a movement where the lender market, the traditional lender market, is shifting a little bit. Uh, banks only now do about 50% of, uh, of the global lending market. And that means that another 50% is coming from alternatives. Uh, obviously, it's not just us, but but there's a lot of uh, alternatives out there. So I think uh, when we look at the property market, definitely the banks is, uh, is uh, the biggest competitors, but we see a lot of similar structures like we have, or we see private investment firms or private people, even wealth uh, uh, people that go in and say, uh, well, this is actually quite a lucrative business if we know what we're doing. Uh, so there's a lot of capital and it's definitely not a white space everywhere. It's it's quite a red ocean when it comes to providing capital, definitely. And is that in the Scandinavian market or is that globally? Uh, for us, we primarily look at the, at the Scandinavian market because we operate in Denmark, Sweden and Norway. Uh, but I think that the trend is, is, is definitely global. Uh, we see a lot of uh, alternative financing in UK. The UK is much further ahead on this journey. The same with Germany. So we look a lot to those countries to see can we, uh, can we somehow take a little bit of their journey and, and the way the market is developing? And then can we time that right once you have the industry following along, once you have regulation following along and so forth? So, so we definitely look for that. Uh, but I think that we, we see a lot of movement in the alternative finance space uh, globally also. So let's look at the money creation process. The general knowledge brings us to understand that uh, the bank brings money into existence and it issues loans, right? And many of them or some of them are for real estates. Now, what happens when these loans are no longer required by the banks, but it's actually, it's coming from an external company, right? Mm. Is that a threat to the bank? Yeah, I think the banks are under threat, right? In general, we, we fintech space provides a lot of uh, threat. I think if you ask the banks, then, you know, uh, they probably, they don't take it as serious as they should. Um, and I think that's that's quite natural if you're an incumbent and you've had basically a monopoly for hundreds of years. Um, but I think we've seen a lot of, uh, of new products and, and offerings that's coming out that are challenging the traditional way uh, of thinking of banks. Um, I think it, within the funding and financing for property market, we definitely see a change and you actually have, um, you can say even older institutions, so the pension funds in Denmark, uh, they own a, a large amount of the real estate uh, uh, market in Denmark. And they have over the last five, 10 years, actually uh, to some extent made the banks less relevant. They do forward funding. So they actually go directly to the developer funding the product, uh, the projects and then buying it at the end. And traditionally, the banks would do the middle funding, similar to what we're doing, the short-term funding. Uh, so you have uh, pension funds that are they're saying, but why should we have the bank as uh, an expensive middleman? We can, we might as well do uh, the, the projects ourselves. We have enough uh, capital to do it, and we will be the ultimately uh, owner anyway. So, so even within these like two uh, giant industries, you, you're seeing a shift, uh, and then you have all these other new alternative sources coming in. Uh, so I think um, 
uh, and probably a lot of bank bankers will tell me that I'm wrong, but I think that they, they should uh, they should look at this um, with a little bit more uh, caution and um, probably also uh, uh, to see uh, get some inspiration about what's going on. We're servicing needs for some people that the traditional market are not servicing. Why is that? Right? Do you see any other opportunities for demo democratizing wealth management? Yeah, I, I think wealth management is, is, is it's an interesting topic in a way, right? It, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's kind of reserved for the few. And, and what we do and what is in my core is providing equal opportunities for investment. That, that, that's what we founded Cameo on. That's what we're working for every day. So I think the concept of this like uh, exclusive club that are providing uh, unique investment opportunities, I think that exists to a large extent, but I think and hopefully uh, we will see a shift in that. Uh, I myself get a couple of emails every month about, you know, pre-IPO investment or seed investings and stuff like that. You have a lot of networks, you have business angel networks, you have different institutions in Denmark that are trying to do this early stage funding. Uh, and, and I think uh, uh, that aspect of wealth management, I think also has to somehow be changed, or, uh, reinvented in a way. Um, and I think that crowd equity is a good way, that that could actually be something that could kind of lower the barriers and, and not have just a few uh, investors trying to keep the valuation down so that later on they harvest a lot of the, the money, but actually doing it a little bit more fair and transparent. Um, so I think that, that should change and I, I hope it will also. Do you see this going mainstream in five years time? Uh, kind of the de democratization of uh, finance? Yes. I think we've already seen it. Uh, I think that uh, Denmark, uh, unfortunately, is a little bit behind the curve, but we're seeing it massively in Sweden, uh, Norway, uh, and the rest of Europe. So I think it's just uh, the snowball is already rolling. We will see this coming really, really heavy in the coming years, absolutely. Great. Thank you a lot for uh, all this inspiration and uh, great talks. Thank you for coming. Thank and, you for having me. Um,